0: If you just entered into a marriage, why wouldn't you want to eliminate the number two cause of divorce? So just have the conversation about money and get on the same page. It's something that you can work out pretty easily and quickly. They have listened to the gambling story and they want me to help them get out by giving them money. They want me to send them some Bitcoin because it'd be easier transactions. Oh my gosh, that's so, so, so it's so like funny. it's like a scam that they're like, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in financial debt. I'm exactly like where you were. Oh boy.
1: And having conversations about money forces you to talk about where you're values are. All right. Thanks for joining us. Let's get to it. Thanks so much for joining us today here on The Chalene Show, where Brett and I, my husband of 28 years, we're going to be talking about how we handle finances between the two of us as a married couple. We're going to share some of our practices and the ways that we have kind of been able to learn how to see eye to eye. We're also going to share some tips and suggestions
0: I also think that it changes and evolves as you grow older with your spouse. Yeah. Obviously, we're not doing all the things right now that we did 28 years ago. They evolve.
1: Okay, so new habit alert. Now when I'm recording my podcast, that's what I'm using as my trigger to remind me to have my greens. So what I'm drinking right now contains ashwagandha, moringa, spirulina, chlorella, coconut water, wheatgrass, red beet, matcha green tea, turmeric, lemon, and prebiotic powder. There's no mess. There's no blending. There's no food processing. It's a powdered form, 100% organic. I put one scoop of Organifi greens powder into a big glass of sparkling ice. I stir it up it tastes so refreshing. I'm not going to lie. I had a packet of stevia because I like it super sweet. It's delicious. It's actually very refreshing. The superfoods that they pack into this drink are specifically designed to help you reduce your cortisol levels. Now, if you're stressed, you can improve your cortisol levels by having a green juice every day. The Organifi Greens drink is, is very tasty. There is an acquired taste to it. It does have a little bit of a greens taste, a little bit of a minty taste. But if you don't love Organifi Greens, try another one of Organifi's products. I drink Organifi Pure mixed with Organifi Immunity every morning in my water bottle. That's for my immune system and my brain health. And I'm now having a greens drink in the afternoon. I want you to try the amazing line of Organifi products. They're all 100% organic. They're my favorites. They're convenient. They're delicious. So check it out. You get 20% off when you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Chalene. It's Organifi with an I.com forward slash Chalene for 20% off. Check out their line of products. And if you know that you could use more greens and you want a tasty, delicious alternative to pulling out the blender, Try the Organify Greens Juice. That's Organify.com forward slash Shaleen. All right. Thanks for joining us. Let's get to it. All right. I'm going to start with the question. This conversation that we're going to have today, and it's just really going to be a conversation. We're going to share what we do. It's not to say that it's what you need to do or that our way is the only way or the right way. It just, it's right for us. Although, you know what? What?
0: <laughs> Sometimes it's going to sound like that for me because I'm very opinionated. So just know that- I am that, too. That, like right off the bat, like I'm gonna like say some things that sound very black and white, and because I l- usually live in the gray area,
1: you do not live <laughs> in the gray area. I was like, "What? Who are you? What?" No, okay. So this is a question from Z, who is one of our Patreon members, and she said, "I just really want to know everything about the, the finances. Like, do you and Brett have your finances separately? Do you have one account? Do you have joint accounts? Do you have separate accounts? Do you spend without discussing?" And I want to know all the things. Wow. That could be the podcast. Yeah. So I guess that's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all the things. I want to first start by saying, I think couples, it's like the older you are, if you've been independent for a longer period of time, it might be different. We got married when we were- 25 and 26. 25 and 26. But we had been together for a long time at that point, like four and a half years. Mm -hmm. Not a long time. And long time when you're waiting for the ring- (laughs) (laughs) and we just we really didn't talk about it we just did it and by it I mean we combined finances
0: yeah and I think our generation probably did that just spontaneously a lot more than maybe the next generation after us because just like everything else things evolved and I think the generation right below us started families later they got married later a lot of times both man and the woman or your partner or whatever did college. And let, you know, let's be honest. College loans are a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it's one of those things. A nightmare thing. It's a nightmare thing. thing And it's definitely one of those things. I mean, how many relationship shows have we watched Mm -hmm. over the last like five years? And when they enter the relationship, it's always like, so how much college debt do you have? How Mm -hmm. much college loan debt do you have? And it's a question all the time.
1: Yeah. So for us, the way that we started our marriage office, we, we didn't really... I don't recall having a discussion. We just kind of agreed to do it. I do remember talking about, like, am I going to change my name to your last name? I do remember talking about us doing things jointly and together.
0: Yes. and I remember vividly coming back from our honeymoon and going straight to the bank and oh. changing everything immediately mm-hmm. and putting... Like, we weren't in the same bank. So, we just, cl- I think we closed one one of ours mm-hmm. and went to that bank and just opened one together and just kind of put our names on it. And I think all you had to do was have your like marriage certificate to be able to do that. And then that was it. So, we'll tell you what we did and do,
1: and then we'll share some suggestions. So, again, I guess I've got to say this multiple times like, this is just what we do. We're not saying it's right for you. Somebody asked a question, we're going to share the details. We, already knew by this point, we'd already talked a lot about money mindset. We'd already talked a lot about our beliefs around spending. We'd already spent four and a half years together. So we already knew that we were on the same page. Like one of the very first times I went on a date with you, I was like, okay, first of all, he's not offended if I try to offer to pay, but he he likes paying. And that meant a lot to me. And I think you probably were recognizing the fact that I was a hustler. A total hustler. (laughs)
0: But it just, my nature, my upbringing, that's what this all comes from. So that's why when you are talking about a partner in this, you have to have some communication Mm -hmm. at the beginning because everybody's coming from a different mindset and a background of money. And my money mindset was like, I saw my dad. I saw my grandfather. I saw the male in the relationship go out and pay for it. Mm -hmm. Whether that's good or bad, that was my upbringing. So I just was like, we go out to dinner, I'm paying for it. And I remember vividly, you always hustling and you're like, we're going out to dinner Friday night, but I'm taking you out. And I never like fought you on that. I was like, okay, because I knew that's what she wanted to do.
1: And I'd had a boyfriend, I don't know, sometime before you, I remember, you know, we're like in the same situation college students and I remember going to Seven Eleven, and we both put like treats up on the counter and then I remember we got in the car and he was like whatever he's like you owe me five dollars and some much sense and I'm just like I made like a mental note like we're done like, like that's the equivalent today like Venmo me yeah well fifty, and that just for me I was like not okay with that I'm like the reason why I wasn't okay with it is because I knew I was paying for him for certain things like that like and so that he was already like in that tip for tat kind of Mentality. I was like, I, I don't want to be with someone who's like keeping score like that, where it's like you're constantly running this ticker tape in your head. I I don't want to do that. I want someone where it's like it'll all work out. I like friendships that are like that. I don't want to go out with someone who's like, okay, I'll get this one, but you owe me, blah blah blah. I, I don't want to do that. I want to know that it'll be reciprocated and it doesn't have to be to the dollar. That's just me. Yep. So we combined our finances. And one probably mistake that we made is we didn't even ask a CPA if it was a good decision. I think today when couples get married or come together, like they should probably do some research and find out if it's in their best interest financially because you could either save or lose money depending upon how it is you file.
0: Yeah, I think eventually you, you know, obviously you file jointly, Mm -hmm. but there there are some circumstances when you get married in like the middle of the year. Uh Uh-huh or like Sierra and Roman and, and Brock and Taylor did, where they were smart enough to like ask their CPA, how should we do this? Mm-hmm. Like, here's what we made last year, here's what we were projected to make this year. Should we file separately, or does it make sense for us to file jointly this year as a married couple? So those are questions that you, unless you're a CPA or your spouse is a CPA, can't answer, you need the help. Our finances are combined, but we also have individual accounts.
1: So we have individual investments, but all of our, you know, our businesses, everything is combined. But here's the thing that's kind of interesting. When we first got married, he had a job and I had a job and I had businesses. So I had like, you know, as you guys know the story, I I was trying to like make a million different things pop. So I had like one or two or maybe even three different businesses, DBAs, and then I had a job and you had a job.
0: And I had the camp stuff too. So we, yeah, we had multiple. Did you days. have that right when we first got married? Yes. Okay. Right before.
1: Yeah. But nonetheless, we still combined everything. Yes. And I don't know, like we were talking about it today. I said, if I, let's say, you know, he was making like 75% more than me at his job. And I was making like, you know, 25% of what he was making. Would we still have combined finances? I think so.
0: Yes that's just the way we operate. Like we believe, you know, it's a, we, we entered a partnership. We became one. We became one. We didn't become like a company. We became one source of funds. We're putting all together and we're going to buy things together and we're going to discuss like what we buy and our investments. And, you know, also, it also helps if you want to buy a home, it's like a lot harder. If you're stuffed separate, you're like, you got to, put it all together so that you, you know, you have more money for a down payment. I mean, I don't know too many people nowadays that can afford 20% down by themselves when they're just starting out.
1: Yeah. I think our guiding principle, again, this is right for us, was that we're married and the more things we can do to create, I don't want to say accountability, but like to get deeper into it, to become more immersed, to become more one, the stronger our commitment was. Like I, I think you know, when I think about times when we weren't getting along, if we weren't married and didn't have, like, think about, for example, when we discovered the gambling, mm-hmm. if we weren't married, if we didn't have everything combined, if we didn't have, obviously, kids, but I'm just saying, like, all hypothetical, would I have walked away? Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just the more you have invested, the more you realize that there's a return on that investment. And so, for us, it was like, all of these things make it harder to get out. Not that we would ever want to get out, but you know what I'm saying? Like it it makes you more committed. That was our way of thinking. And while we're still independent, part of the reason why we can spend, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say too, to add to that, even though you don't say you're competitive, you like to keep scoring your head. Mm -hmm. So you are a little bit competitive. You just kind of put an asterisk by it. Like if I can't win, then I don't want to do it. (laughs) But that's like, but you're still a competitive person. And I'm ultra competitive, so I think. But we're not competitive with each other, Mm-mm. so I think that's another reason why it worked Is because I think some people come into a relationship, like you said, one person makes seventy five percent, the other makes twenty five percent, and if you're competitive with each other, then that's not going to work. You're going to be, like, well, I make more than you, yeah, and so why why should you get to spend as much as I get to spend? you, you know, so there that could be a faulty thing too, if you're competitive with your spouse, which obviously is not highly recommended.
1: (laughs) I do think it's really important that couples talk about like, what was their childhood like? What what was their thoughts around money? How did their parents handle money? So for example, with your mom and with my mom, like my mom basically stayed at home and she got a job later in life, Mm -hmm. but, and so did your mom. Right. And so that was something that we both saw. Like I saw my dad is owning the businesses, but he always was like our money we, you know, And so that's what was role modeled to us. So that has a lot to do with, I think, the way we entered. We just did what we saw. And I think some couples today either do what they see or they keep doing what they've done. In other words, they just get together and they're like, well, we just never had that conversation. So they just keep doing what they're doing.
0: I never saw my dad write a bill. That was kind of interesting. So, you like pay a bill? Pay a bill. So I always thought as a kid, oh, my mom takes care of the money. I didn't know, like, you know, when you're at that young age, you're like, okay, dad goes to work, you know, you don't even know, like, what mom's doing or whatever, Mm -hmm. but mom was taking care of, like, I remember her vividly sitting down with a checkbook and writing out checks and stuff like that, so I was like, oh, so she must take care of all the money Mm -hmm. or something like that, you know, that was just, like, a a thing to me, so, but I knew that my dad worked, so I knew that there was some kind of partnership there. Mm -hmm.
1: About a year ago, I did a DEXA scan, which is... You basically lay on this glass table and they scan your whole body and they can tell you your body fat percentage it's very interesting where your body is holding body fat as well as your bone density and much to my surprise I was diagnosed with osteopenia which is the precursor to osteoporosis my doctor begins to review my lifestyle and he's like okay so are you lifting heavy are you eating these foods I go over everything basically you should be doing to prevent osteoporosis. And I'm doing all of those things. And while I wouldn't say that my diet is perfect, what I do recognize is that there's a component that's missing in my diet. Now, I assumed, as I'm sure you probably are, that it was maybe calcium that I was missing. No, it was magnesium. Okay, then I go on like, you know, a rabbit hole, like obsessed with trying to find the ultimate magnesium supplement because a lot of these magnesium supplements I learn. Basically, only have one strain of magnesium and your body literally needs seven different strains in order for you to be at optimal health. Magnesium is literally responsible for hundreds of different chemical responses in our bodies. Like why aren't more people talking about magnesium? Did you know that magnesium benefits type 2 diabetes, helps to lower blood pressure, has countless anti-inflammatory benefits, reduces insulin resistance, can improve symptoms of PMS, asthma, heart arrhythmias, high blood pressure, muscle cramps, and hormone-related mood swings. Without a doubt, magnesium is an essential supplement that most of us should be taking. The question is, is the source that you're using reputable? May I suggest that you go to megbreakthrough.com forward slash Shaleen Deal to try the magnesium supplement that I use. It has seven different strains of magnesium. It's the highest quality you can obtain. Listen, based on my research, Magnesium Breakthrough is the ultimate magnesium supplement because it offers a full spectrum of all seven types of magnesium. This supplement is specifically formulated to reach every tissue in your body. And for a limited time, when you purchase three bottles, you're going to get a special gift when you use this code, megbreakthrough.com forward slash Deal. That link is in our show notes. If you don't want to write it down, you could just click on it while the show is playing and order your magnesium breakthrough. Here's a pro tip. Take them just before you go to sleep. I didn't mention this, but I really do think the combination of CBD, the CBD supplements that I take, and my magnesium breakthrough, dude, I'm just telling you, my sleep is off the charts. It's never been so good. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash
0: Shaleen Deal. I knew that my dad worked, so I knew that there was some kind of partnership there. Mm -hmm.
1: One thing that we did discuss was we would discuss like, okay what are ideas around spending and saving? And we were very much on the same page. We both came from the mindset of, we don't need to save that much. We need enough in case there is an emergency. So we had that emergency fund, but we both weren't, weren't like the penny pinchers yeah. at all. Yeah. And and so, and I knew right away this, I mean, like the first month we started dating, he was like, I can't stand it when people are cheap. And I'm like, What's, what do you mean by cheap? And he's like, I can't stand it when people do things that to save money when it's it doesn't make sense. Like it's gonna cost them more time and effort to do the thing or to return really the thing. It. Or it's it's like they won't spend money if something makes like saves them time. That was his big thing, it's like save them time or like they can afford to do it and they're just like being cheap. So I knew that about him and, and I'm kind of that way too. And so what's the mentality of you and your partner? Now when it came to spending money, we never talked about that either. I know you were hoping that we would tell you like we have a dollar amount that we, it was just kind of this understanding and it was never an amount because obviously there's been times when we were half a million dollars in debt, almost over $400,000 in debt.
0: Okay. So I was going to say that I remember you've said this in the past that you thought that maybe my money mindset of always saying yes to whatever you wanted or like what we wanted to pay for was to kind of like hide the gambling. Because like, if I were to say, wait, we can't afford that. Or why are we paying that much money? You would find that you'd question that and then maybe dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. But oh yeah kind of, that was never on my forefront. I would still not say like, oh, we can't afford that. I would just figure it out because even now that I don't gamble and we can afford things and I still don't say like, no, or like, we can't afford that. So that's always been kind of my nature is like we'll, we'll figure out a way and especially if this is something that I think is going to provide pure joy for the family. And I remember the first major thing that we did this way mm-hmm. was our second home, which was in a Macedo mm-hmm. and it had, I mean, it had a ginormous backyard and we thought we had like hit lotto. Like Schlingen called me up. She goes, I finally found the house and it was a little bit of a stretch um, I remember that. It was a mm-hmm. little bit of a stretch at the time. But we always thought, like, oh, California real estate will we'll do fine. Yeah. But the backyard was so spectacular, but it needed a little like it was back in the day when like you could do those rockscape things with waterfalls and a slide a slide and stuff like that. I remember we found like the company that like had done a couple other ones, and I remember getting the quote for it. And we just bought the house and I remember we got to do this because it was going to make it so spectacular. And the kids were going to like joy. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It worked out that way. I mean, we we paid for it. We had to sacrifice Mm -hmm. and we weren't afraid to do that. Like that's another thing. If there's a big purchase that you and your spouse see that's beneficial, there might be some sacrifice that you have to make for the next three, four or five months to accommodate that. Like, what does that mean? Like maybe not to go out to dinner. And I remember like Schling's like, we just did that huge thing. We we probably shouldn't go out to dinner as much as y- you know we were and i was like perfect maybe we didn't get as many babysitters or something like that so we just kind of like cut back a little bit and sure enough like you know after 5 or 6 months it was paid for and now we had this you know backyard that we dreamt of
1: and talking about finances is complicated because we've been married for 28 years number one number two is we've been severely in debt and that debt was in the majority of that was because of your gambling addiction, which I don't think we've ever done a full episode about that. We've
0: done hundreds of, of we've podcasts. talked about a little bit, but we've never done one on YouTube, but we've done hundreds of not hundreds. We've done we've I'm the exaggerator we've here. We've exhausted the gambling and the debt okay. and stuff like that on podcasts. Like if you if we If done, that's how you feel that's you've fine. we've done ten years of podcasting. We've done probably at least seven days. I don't know that we've ever talked about that, like all the way, all the way. Oh yes, we have. We've talked about. You've interviewed me about like when you sat me down and how I oh, felt. Oh,
1: okay. Everything. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys have to let us know if, if in well, fact, fact you're like, you wait, know. I have no idea. Well, sh-
0: we'll then see. they can they can look it up.
1: Well, I, I guess what I'm getting from your body language is you don't want to talk <laughs> about it. I'll
0: talk about it again. I'm just saying, like look, we've already talked about. It.
1: The only reason why I bring it up is because I think there are people listening who may be new and. I think that a lot of marriages encounter these moments where it's like everything implodes and we've been there. Like we've had those moments where everything implodes and a lot of couples are like, they don't know that happy couples have those moments too. Mm -hmm. And that there are ways, depending on how both people respond to it, to come out of it better.
0: I do have two gentlemen from India on Instagram that keep DMing me, I finally blocked them because they have listened to the gambling story and they want me to help them get out by giving them money. Are you serious? Sending them money to, and especially they want me to send them some Bitcoin because it'd be easier transactions. Oh my gosh, that's so so it's So it's like a scam that they're like, I'm in in financial debt. I'm exactly like where you were. Oh boy. You know, so it's like, (laughs) but
1: my point is, It's nuanced, and it's not just a black and white, here are the rules, and I know people want that, and you're going to see YouTube videos or listen to podcast episodes where they say, you know, you should have an exact number that you both agree upon is, like, we don't have to discuss it, we can just spend it. We never had that, and we still don't have that. In fact, what we talked about this question before recording, and what we have is such a complete understanding of how the other person thinks in terms of like what's a ridiculous thing to spend money on what's reasonable what's a waste of money and so there isn't an amount like like i wouldn't ask him if i wanted to buy a 400 hundred dollar pair of shoes i would just buy them, but i never have to ask his permission he never has to ask my permission but we've always done this like we ask anyways just like out of courtesy does that make sense
0: and especially with me like just the other day i bought a new pair of slides because my other ones were 12. 20 years yeah, old. Tw- 20 years old. And so, but when I, I found them and I was walking back from the gym without Shaleen and I walked in and I can afford the pair of slides, not even like it's, it's fine. But because it was like a big enough purchase to where like, I was like, does Shaleen even like
1: these? I think your thinking was, this is more money than I've ever, s- a pair of flip-flops, let's call them flip-flops, whatever you Shoes. want to call them. Shoes. But they're just like, they're rubber. And and so I think in your mind, you were like, their
0: designer, is this stupid? Is this yeah. dumb? It's a bad purchase or or do you not like them? Like Because you know they are a little different looking. They're not like typical sandal yeah. that I would wear. So I ran that by you. Like we,
1: think, we do that like, does this make
0: sense? You did, sense did that with the purse. You did that with the purse yeah. that you bought in, in, in mm-hmm. Miami. Mm-hmm. You literally came out and you're like, that's the most statement- spectacular purse that's the most ever. shaleen purse i've ever seen yeah. i said and i was like and you're she, she like but it's x amount i'm like yeah you go you, get it but you love it yeah like you literally just said since you've got it you've probably already uh, you know taken it out more than any purse i've ever seen you mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. so I mean, but i
1: do, but that's that's an example yeah. of something that like i would never he knows i would never spend a crazy amount of money on a purse because well, I mean, crazy is all relative. Yeah, I wouldn't spend the money that we could afford to spend on a purse because I think it's a dumb thing to spend money on. Yeah, e- unless you're like going to have it forever. And and my mind has changed about that. Like some of the purses I bought in the in the past, I'm like, why did I buy this? Like to flex? It's so dumb. Like now I don't think that way. Now I buy purses because I'm like, this is an amazing statement piece. Like it says, you know, it like matches my style. It's not because it says Fendi across the top or whatever. But when it comes to our spending, we don't run things by each other if we know it's reasonable and we know it's the other person wants that thing too. So for example, we were just working on getting flights for our kids to fly here to visit us in the South of France. And I didn't even ask what the amount was because we both want them to be here. And I knew if it was unreasonable, he would say, I don't know if we should do
0: this. It's X amount if it were unreasonable, but like I always put an amount in my head Mm -hmm. when you're getting a quote, you know, like obviously you can look at a price tag and like, no, but like when it's like a price for a flight or a hotel or whatever it might be, that's like, you know, you don't know what the price is going to be because maybe it's seasonal, maybe it changes, whatever. And so I had a price in my head and it was literally like half the price of what was in my head. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't even think I told you until like, you know, after it was already booked and Mm feel because We had already discussed, like, we want our kids here, so it doesn't matter, really. I mean, at some point, it would have been like, no, that's an unreasonable amount of money to spend, but it wasn't.
1: I think it's okay, though, for couples to have, especially, again, we're in a different place. But when we were in, in debt, remember, and, and we both agreed, like, this was a really important pivotal moment in our relationship where we agreed that we would not use our credit cards, that we would basically cut up our credit cards other than we kept American Express because that's to be paid off every month. And we both agreed that we didn't want to file for bankruptcy. We didn't feel like that was right. We both agreed, like we had these conversations and, it, and having conversations about money forces you to talk about where your values are. And our values were such that we were like, we got ourselves into this mess. We're not going to strap other people with our debt by filing for bankruptcy. We also believed, like, okay, let's only spend cash. We didn't go out to dinner. We ate at home. Like, we both agreed to do those things. But I think, depending on where you're at, you might want to have a number where you're like, yeah. especially if it, it's an argument yes. or there's this weird tension, right? Like, so I think some couples argue about money and other couples, there's just this weird kind of resentment mm-hmm. where they'll be like, oh, so I see you bought a, another guitar.
0: Or wow, that's your 17th pair of black shoes. (laughs) It's like, you know, whatever it might be. But I I think you're right. I think it's a good practice, especially in the beginning to like discuss like, okay, here's the deal. Anything over $300 that's not for like the family, like, I mean, groceries, you're not gonna like, hey, the grocery bill's 350, you know, you gotta eat. But anything like that's an extra luxury purchase that's for yourself, whatever that number might be, agree on it and like just stick to it. Plus, it'll make you feel a lot better too, especially when you're like at the supermarket or you're at the store and you're like, I really would love these things. This is why I want them or something like that. And you text your spouse and they're like, go for it. Then all of a sudden you got approval and you feel a lot better about it.
1: Yeah, but I would say also if there's another option which is you have your own like you have a joint account like again you don't have to combine anything but it would be my recommendation if you were my kid and you're asking me i would say it's probably better in terms of your unity to have a joint account and then to have separate accounts where like you have a certain amount that you both agree upon goes in your joint account like that covers all of your bills your shared expenses the house all those things like that should be a joint account right And then you have the rest that goes to your independent accounts, separate accounts, if that works for you, especially if there's this weird, like you feel awkward or it doesn't feel right for you to ask your partner, like, can I buy these shoes? Even though like sometimes we'll say that to each other, even though we know it's not like a, can I, it's like, does this make sense?
0: Yeah. It's almost like we're- So what you're saying is to, instead of having to run it by somebody, just have like almost like a fun account or a slush account- where it's just like oh there's $500 in my slush account I'm just going to buy this.
1: I don't need to worry about if you think it's wasteful for me to buy another guitar let's say or yeah. whatever you know cuz everyone has their thing that brings them joy and they like to spend money on that might not make sense to somebody else. Yeah. We are that way like there's things that he's like I don't know why you would spend money on that and you have things you like to spend money on I'm like I-, I don't know why we're spending money on that but like you can because we respect that it brings the other person joy. If that feels weird or if you don't feel like you're at that place in your relationship, I think an alternative is to have your own separate accounts, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you have your, like you said, you, you described it perfectly. You have a joint account where most of your money goes to because that's, you're living together. There's, there's huge expenses. There's so let's health-
1: call it a checking account if you will. Yes.
0: You know, huge, you know, all, all, all the things that have, have to be paid first. And then at the end of the day, maybe you agree upon a, an amount that is going to go towards your private account or your individual account or whatever it might be.
1: Steve Harvey suggests four accounts and I like this idea. He says he recommends for couples that they have a joint account that they're paying all their bills out of. They have individual accounts that can do whatever they want with. And then they have the fourth account, which is their either savings or investments that they're both, you know, it's like your, your nest egg, if you will.
0: Yeah, that could be, you, you could even less complicated and just do three in that, that, joint account gets that that money too and then disperse but i, I see where he's going with that mhm cuz that's so, what we did i mean we don't have that account but we between 5 and 15% once we got out of debt between 5 and 15% of our income goes into investments every single year mm-hmm.
1: So I thought I should also mention like total essential for me anyways, when it comes to sleep is the spray that I put on my pillows. I put on my sheets. The other day I had a massage. I brought it with me. The spray is amazing. It's made by Blissey and it's their eucalyptus lavender spray to die for. But the reason why I found it is because I was looking for a silk pillowcase and Blissey has like the highest ratings of anybody. So I bought a, a silk pillowcase from Blissey and I just added this to cart. I'm just telling you that. So if you go get yourself a silk pillowcase or one of their amazing silk robes, you are talk about a fine item. You will love this robe. You're going to feel like you are, I don't know, a Hollywood starlet, but whatever you order from Blissy, don't close out your cart. Trust me without getting this pillow spray. It's unbelievable. And you'll sleep better. You sleep better with Blissey. You also get 30% off when you go to blissey.com forward slash Shaleen and they're running a sale. So with my code plus their sale, you could get up to 55% off. What? I know it's insane. Everything at Blissey is made out of mulberry silk, their pillowcases, their robes. And if you haven't yet tried a Blissey pillowcase, let me tell you, you're gonna love it because it's great for your hair, Plus, it helps to regulate your temperature, which is amazing. So check it out. Of course, I also love the robe. By the way, Blissey has over 1 million raving fans, and I'm sure you'll be their next one. You also get to try their products for 60 nights, and if you don't love it, you can return it. You also get 30% off on top of their sale prices, so that could be all the way up to 55% off when you go to Blissey, B-L-I-S-S-Y, dot com slash chalene don't forget you want to use code chalene
0: once we got out of debt between five and fifteen percent of our income goes into investments every single year
1: how important do you think it is for couples to be on the same page from a money mindset
0: well it's probably well it's the reason why it's the second leader in divorce Mm -hmm. so if you're not on the same page it's going to lead to a problem
1: i will say this a lot of times people They're aware of their scarcity mindset or their fear around money, but they don't know how to change it. And so I would say if you recognize you and your spouse are very different in terms of like how you view money, because so, for example, when we did discover the gambling, people were like, oh, my gosh, did you ever trust him around money again? I'm like, yeah, actually, eventually we did. It wasn't the money that it was unsure about. I was more like, what is it going to require for me to believe everything you say? right? Because there's a lot of hiding and things like that when gambling or any addictions involved, any addiction, whether it's drinking or shopping or porn or whatever, there's lies, right? And so you've got to rebuild that trust. For me, the money isn't like, I'm never worried about money. We can get wiped out. And I'm like, that's fine. We'll come back from that. Once you know how to make money, once you know how to build a business, at least for me anyways, with my mindset, I'm like, we'll always rebuild. And so even I knew that even if for some reason, you know, were it to happen again, I'm like, I don't need to worry about the money. I need to worry about us because this was more important to rebuild than our money situation.
0: I don't want to rebuild. You don't? No. Because I know intimately where we're at and I don't want to rebuild. We we would be fine. We'd run a business. We'd be fine and stuff like that. But like, there is a thing about when you get on the same page with your spouse and we both agreed, like, investing our money so that we don't have to work as hard. Our money can work for us was important to us. So yeah.
1: Okay. Let me ask you this. How would you handle it if tomorrow we found
0: out we lost 50% of our net worth? And not in the market? You mean just like it's just gone? Because that's the difference. We lost during COVID for that four months or three months. We did lose fifty percent mm-hmm. of our mm-hmm. investment. Yeah,
1: and you handled it very well. Yeah,
0: we actually made more money coming back out of it. Because I was like, "This is not going to be a thing. We're going to get out of this." But yes, well, we was yes
1: we see. were. Let's say we were to lose fifty percent of our.
0: I'd be alright at this point. Because one, because I know that like w- we can produce, like w- like our businesses you know, we can produce that. Plus also if we lost 50% of our income, we would still be better off than 99% of the people out there.
1: What advice would you have if a couple were considering getting married and one of the partners has, let's say $200,000 in student debt? You're, do they both assume that debt?
0: Yes. In, in you, your mind? Yeah. In my mind you, you do, you know, cause why would you want your person that you just entered a contract with for life Mm. to struggle and be the one that has that burden of that, I would take that over. I mean, I wouldn't take it over like, I'm just going to pay. You don't have to ever worry about it again. I would set a plan together of like, how can we get rid of this as fast as possible and pay it back using all the means possible, whether it's refinancing it, whether it's like five years down the line, now all of a sudden we have the equity in a home rather than like taking out an equity line of credit and going on a nice vacation or doing an upgrade in the bathroom, pay off the student loan debt. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing ever is the interest on loans. And Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that we've successfully conquered is that we've compounded our money because we don't have all this debt that's always dragging it down. So we're able to invest the most amount of money every single year and let it start working for us. And we're not tied down by debt. So the number one thing when I teach any of this type of stuff is like, we need to get out. You need to get out of all of that extra debt in terms of the, the, that percentage that a credit card or a loan has.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Ramit says, who's he's like my favorite financial guy at the moment. I can make you rich. Ramit Sethi, I think is how you say his last name. He asks people, do you feel like you've won the money game? Yes. And what makes you say yes? And when would you say-
0: Because I have- I have financial literacy. Mm-hmm. I can teach other people how to do the same thing that we just did. Mm-hmm. I have people that every single day ask me like w- advice.
1: Okay, let me interrupt you and say, what do you think would be like if if I ask you, has so and so won the money game? Like, what does winning the money game look like to you when you're looking at other people?
0: Just when you you don't have to stress about it. Mm. Like when you wake up in the morning. We had that conversation last night with the people we went out to dinner with. It was like, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that you do? Mm -hmm. And if the first thing that you do is you hit the ground and you're like, how the hell am I going to pay my bills today? How am I going to put my kids in college? Mm. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? If that's your first thought, you haven't won, right? If your first thought when you get out is like, oh- I'm going to have a great day today.
1: Has somebody won the money game? Who, let's just say, just got divorced and got half of their significant other, their spouse's income, and so like they're sitting on a couple million dollars, but they really have zero financial literacy. Have they won the money game?
0: No, probably not, because you. What's going to happen is is you're going to do foolish things because what what's the statistic? Like, I, I'm going to throw this out there, but a large portion of people who win the lottery. Oh, it's huge. Is that broke. Yeah. Like, you know, and there's tons and hundreds and hundreds of athletes that have made millions and millions of dollars over. We know a lot of them. Ten year career. And they're broke Mm -hmm. because they they don't teach financial literacy in high school and they should. And then once they get married, they don't learn. They just like, oh, here's here's money. I just pay taxes and the, the rest I can just go spend additional streams of income.
1: I, I would dare say that you might think you've won the money game because you have money, but if you don't know how to make your money make you money, if you don't have financial literacy, that's like being up in a game, but you don't know how the game is played. You don't know the rules of the game. It's just by luck that the other team, you know, kicked a goal through their goalpost, And so you're up, but it's it's just by chance. I think The way to truly know that you've won the game is to know the rules, like to know how it's played, to know what it takes to get up and to stay up. And that's something that I think a lot of couples need to grow together. Like one of you typically, because opposites attract, one of you usually is more interested in financial literacy than the other. And that's not to say that you can't learn about it. Like you have educated me, but it's also something that I see as my own responsibility Right. And like when we we first got together, like you didn't know anything about marketing zero and I didn't know anything about finances, but I knew everything about marketing. And so, you know, he's educated himself on marketing and I would put him up, you know, head to head against anyone in terms of like marketing and figuring out how to like grow a business from that standpoint. And that's because you've educated yourself and I've educated myself around financial literacy and understanding like, okay, it's seeing like, gosh, I don't want to have to work? I want to be in a place where I love working, mm-hmm. but I don't need to. And neither of us need to work because we've used our made our money work for us. And you can do that too. And like this is a perfect spot for a shameless plug for he's got a course called Money Matters. It's not an investing course. It is financial literacy. Your high schoolers should go through it. You should go through it.
0: It should be taught in schools. Our
1: Literally. kids have gone through it. Yes. And because of it our kids really are at an advantage. Like they they know how to invest, they know how to manage their money and hopefully they feel like
0: they're in a position to to win the money game. And it's small right now, it's smaller, but that's the wonders of compounding your money over time. Mm-hmm. It's when you start young and stuff.
1: Hey, in all seriousness,
0: I'm not kidding. His course, Money Matters, the responses,
1: the emails, the DMs we get from people who have invested in this course, it's very affordable and it's something you literally can't afford not to have this information. So don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed if you, you just really feel like you don't know much about money, like how to invest it, what stocks and bonds are, what are all these terms that people are referring to. It sucks to be an adult and to have money but not know what it takes in order to keep it. And that's why he created this course. Again, it's not an investing course. It like literally gives you financial literacy. You're gonna feel so much more confident when it comes to money. So I highly encourage you to click the link in our show
0: description and check out Brett's course,
1: Money Matters. All right, back to the show.
0: I also would say that another thing that adds confidence to a relationship is, like Shalane said, typically there's going to be one person in the relationship that is a little bit more knowledgeable where the money is, how it's growing and responsible. And maybe even more interested in it. Correct. And maybe more interested in this relationship, that would be me, but and we have we've had a, the same financial advisor since two thousand and four. So he went through the gambling and everything, and he knows. And he knew all about it. He knew all. He knew all about it. And and we had to shift roles for a, a short period of time, like
1: where I was then the person who was in charge of all of those accounts. And I know, you know, to cut to the chase, there came a point at which where I'm like this is way more interesting for you and I don't want this responsibility. I just want to be able to see where everything is and how we're doing on occasion. But like, it's just not as interesting or as like for you, it's it's almost like a game. It's like exciting for you to see like how our accounts grow, like every couple of days. So I'm like, on,
0: and keep up on it. Cause are we still okay? You know? Yeah. I mean, I could literally shift all of our money into a place where I don't have to like think about it anymore, but I also know, like, there is a part of me that I I like to like learn about CEOs. I like to learn about industries. I like to learn about trends. It's fun for me. It's knowledge that I like to do. It's really important if you do have one of those financial advisors because typically, like in our case, I was the one that was like in charge of that because just by default, and it was my my thing. And she, not that she didn't have interest, and in it. it was just like something that I took over. But it is important that. Our financial advisor, at least, texts Shalene, I don't know once a quarter or whatever, and he'll just say, like, "Hey, do you need anything?" Once it, a month, yeah. Once a month, like, "Hey," and, and I don't even know about it. It's almost like his way of saying, "I'm on both of your teams," yeah. even though Brett's talking to me on almost. If anything's feels awry, if yeah. you have any questions, like
1: he's, it's awesome. I, I did want to say this: it is important that you, like, you don't have to have the exact money same mindset, but it's so much more healthy if the two of you can grow towards kind of a, a meeting ground, like a, a middle ground, you if you will. And so I want to recommend some books because that's really helped us both in terms of our money mindset and our financial awareness is books and podcasts and listening to YouTubes and watching Netflix. Like, So I'm going to list a couple of great resources. I'm going to list for you a couple of great books that I recommend and I'll tell you why they're important to listen to. I will tell you that probably the one that I recommend the most, and I started listening to it in the 80s, it's called Prosperity Consciousness. And this is an, a super duper old, it's literally, it was on cassette. And I used to listen to it on cassette. And then I I was just like Googling to see like, did anyone ever turn this into a book? No one ever turned it into a book. However, someone took the original recordings and turned it into an Audible. So it's only available on Audible. Somebody needs, maybe I'll get the rights to it and re-release it as a book. So it's Prosperity Consciousness. It is phenomenal. I listen to it at least once a year. I, I make everyone I know listen to it because it will help to shift your mindset around money. But there's some updated ones too that I'm, I'm gonna list for you like Money Mindset and a few others, Millionaire Mindset. I can't remember the names of them, but I'll put them in our description below. And th- anyway, so this book has some some outdated examples, but if you're listening to like the, the concepts and the message, it's timeless, and that will really help a lot because I do think it's important that you get on that same, because like if one partner, one of the two of you just feels like you need to save, 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 and you're afraid to spend and you're afraid to enjoy life. And the other person is like, I want to live. I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor and I, I want to do nice things. You're always going to have this like,
0: you know, resentment towards each other. Correct. You got to be on the same car. Got to be in the same car? Yeah. with Or on it. No, in the same car. Okay. Not in, the, not in different cars. They're going different paths. Yeah. Like at least in the same car. Like if you can be teammates and money,
1: you're unstoppable. You know, so don't just, instead of like fighting your partner and resenting them and, or calling them names like, oh, you're cheap or you spend with reckless abandon, like don't call each other names, like just really start discussing this and getting on the same page. How would you tell a couple, like s- some good tips on like how to start having these conversations? Like maybe a money date?
0: Yeah, that's... Exactly what I was going to say. Like, just have a money date. And guess what? The first one's going to suck, especially if you're not on the same page. If you're on the same page, then you probably are already like, you don't need a date. You can just like, we'll just go drink champagne and talk about how much money we have. But if more than likely you're not on the same page or you have some things to discuss, Mm -hmm. whether it's about how you grew up around money, you know, what your feelings about money, your retirement about money, there's so many different things that you can start talking about. Like, are you renting? Do you want to buy a house? Well, you better set up together a plan and that plan starts with like a money date. Like literally like sit down and go, these are all of our- And why do you want to buy a house? Do you want to buy a house because that feels
1: like that's the definition of success to you? Do you want to buy a house because that means security for you? Have you both really looked at the research and used like a buy versus rent money calculator, which you can just Google it and you can see it does it even make sense for you. Like we're all so caught up in these like
0: stereotypes and like
1: messages and like, that like oh you're only successful if you own a home that's not necessarily true it might be the dumbest decision you ever make
0: I mean we can afford to buy a house in Miami which we're thinking about moving there but it doesn't make any sense right now to buy one right now to so buy one right now so yeah also like on that money date you could talk about like if you have that debt like how are we going to pay off that debt so there's so many different strategies that you can do that you could start making these money dates once a week or you know a couple times a month and you don't have to go anywhere. You just do them at the house.
1: And I think it would be important in that date and just like he said, maybe just do it once a month, not every week, right? You don't want every date night to be about money. But like if once a month, you just set aside time. It doesn't mean you have to go out to dinner. Like he said, you could just, it's time that we have scheduled to sit down and have this conversation. And you can start by talking about like, what do we want to be excited about in the future what's something that's like really important to me I always dreamed of being able to fly my family to Europe I've always dreamed of being able to buy my mom a home I've always dreamed of being able to I don't
0: how about know d- how about we're gonna have a family and we want to have our kids go to college so what does that look like and, yeah.
1: yeah and just have let each other get your dreams on paper and you don't have to tell them that's a dumb idea or a good idea but it's important to understand what those dreams are and then understand why is that important to you right? Because so often we make these assumptions about other people. Like maybe you want to buy your mother a home because you feel like she deserves that. She wants that. But with a little further investigating, you might find out that your mom doesn't want to move, doesn't want a new home. You know what I mean? Like, so just get it on paper. And then in a future date, you can talk about the ones that you're like, okay, I need to know a little bit more about this one because I really am not down with buying your mom a house or like whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like it's just having open conversations. And if you're really not good at this, there are experts, as there are with all things, who specialize in being the mediator, the person who can guide. Yeah, guide you through this stuff so it doesn't feel so awkward. So you're not attacking each other. Because sometimes the thing that you're missing is the communication skills that help the other person not feel defensive. Because when someone's defensive, you don't get anywhere.
0: If you just entered into a marriage, why wouldn't you want to eliminate? the number two cause of divorce. Yeah. So just have the conversation about money and get on the same page. It's something that you can work out pretty easily and quickly. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's important because the thing I was just thinking about is when one person is making more money in the relationship, the person who's making less money often feels less power. Mm -hmm. They often feel as though they don't have the right to speak up and say, I feel like that's kind of An unnecessary expenditure and it shouldn't be that way you know if you are truly united front then your opinion always matters it always matters Mm -hmm. and you'll only build up resentment and a wedge between the two of you if you just try to stuff that down and feel like well i don't have the right you absolutely have the right it's all about how you talk about it and timing and tone yeah thanks for spending this time with us you guys i hope we answered as many questions as we could I'm like, sure we did, but if we didn't, you know,
0: you can ask him below.
1: Yeah, you can drop your comments below. Of course, you can weigh in on anything that we discussed here if you're comfortable sharing your situation. Like, what do you and your partner do? Is everything combined? Do you have individual accounts? We'd love to hear from you and get some perspective for anyone who's in this position trying to figure things out. Bottom line is this if what you're doing works for you, keep doing it. If it doesn't, then take the steps to improve it. It is our goal to share what works for us. We're not trying to tell you what you need to do, but we do really appreciate that you've spent this time with us. I love you, I mean it, and I'll talk to you soon.